Hello, my name is Danielle Casey, Senior Pastor of Triumphant Love Lutheran Church located in Austin, Texas. I would like to welcome you as part of our family as you join us for the audio portion of our Sunday morning worship service today. You may also choose to watch this service as a video broadcast by looking for the YouTube link in the description of the podcast. You may also go to our website, tllc.org, and look for the recorded Sunday worship service. Through this website, you can also find out more information about our congregation. Join us now as we begin our service with a musical prelude. Hello and welcome to Worship Where You Are with Triumphant Love Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. I'm Pastor Danielle Casey, and we are glad to have you worshiping with us wherever you are today. Just a few announcements and reminders. We continue to gather prayer requests for our Sunday prayers, so send those in to us here at the church office. 
We also thank you for continuing your offering, whether you're giving online or via snail mail. And we are uh, giving a last call for our 2021 pledges and commitments. So send those in to us also via snail mail or online. We'll have our annual meeting workshops on the 17th and 24th at 10 o'clock. We hope you'll join us for that in preparation for our annual meeting on the 31st at noon. And now let us turn to begin worship with the confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose voice is upon the waters, whose mercy is poured out upon all people, whose goodness cascades over all creation. Amen. Let us confess our sin, trusting in the abundant grace of God. Holy God, you search us and know us. You are acquainted with all our ways. We confess that our hearts are burdened by sin, our own sins, and the broken systems that bind us. We turn inward, failing to follow your outward way of love. We distrust those who are not like us. We exploit the earth and its resources and fail to consider generations to come. Forgive us, gracious God, for all we have done and left undone. Even before the words are on our tongues, you know them. Receive them in your divine mercy. Amen. How vast is God's grace. Through the power and promise of Christ Jesus, our sins are washed away, and we are claimed as God's own beloved children. Indeed, we are forgiven. In the wake of God's forgiveness, we are called to be the beloved community, living out Christ's justice and the Spirit's peace. Amen. We sing. Thank you. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, most merciful Redeemer, for the countless blessings and benefits you give. May we know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day praising you with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I now invite our young people to gather around to join Deacon Bree for a children's message. I want to talk to you this morning about the most exciting thing that you may have ever seen in your life, or maybe the coolest thing that you've ever seen in your entire life. Something that made you run to someone that you love or care about and say, you have to see this. So I uh, am going to show you a picture. It's hard to see on the screen, but this is the Grand Canyon which I got to go to very recently. Um, and I have to tell you that pictures, anyone who's seen the Grand Canyon says pictures don't do it justice, but they really mean it. It does not do it justice. I heard about the Grand Canyon from another uh, come and see situation, which was that my grandparents, shortly after they retired, my mama and my papa, um, bought a motor home and drove all through the American West. And they came back from their picture to the their trip to the Grand Canyon with all these pictures, and they said, "You have to go and see. It is so cool." Now, in today's story, that's kind of what happens. Actually, um, there's a young man. His name is Nathaniel, and uh, he's hearing about who Jesus is and what Jesus might want to do. And um, he encounters another young man named Philip. And Philip is actually one of my very favorite um, disciples. He gets to do so many cool things with so many different cool people. But Nathaniel doesn't actually believe that what Philip says you need to see is true. Um, he's heard about Jesus. He doesn't know uh, if he believes. And he hears that Jesus is from this really small little town. And uh, Nathaniel goes, huh. What good could ever come from Nazareth? And Philip says, well, just come and see. So I want you to think about a couple things. One, I want you to consider what makes something worth inviting others to. What makes you so excited that you want everyone that you know to come and see and come and be a part of? Is it that it's something that you love, like the new Star Wars toy has just come out and you need everybody to come over and play with those Legos? Is it a new movie or a book that you just read? Maybe it's a story that you just heard like I did. My grandparents, when I was a kid, went to the Grand Canyon and they showed me pictures and I was so excited that someday I would get to go and see. Think about that feeling of excitement. Now, I want you to think about that feeling of disappointment when, when you're so excited to share something with someone and they just don't understand how exciting it is yet. Maybe 
you saw something really funny on the internet and you went to your parents and you said, have you seen this cat video? And they just weren't very excited about that thing that you wanted to show them. Maybe it was something that you love deeply, like you're a big Aggie fan and your cousins are UT fans and you were like, did you hear this new cool thing that happened at A&M? And your UT cousins are like, huh, who cares? Or vice versa, right? I want you to think about that excitement and how quickly you move into disappointment when others aren't as excited as you are. And what I hope we can do, and what we see in this story, what Philip does, is Philip doesn't let someone else's disappointment slow his buzz of his excitement about Jesus, right? Um, He leans in and he says, you know what? I think you're going to like it. Just come and see. So I want you to think about that invitation. How can you not let one person or one situation or one instance of disappointment bum you out and lose hope for that thing that you love so much, that thing that got you so excited. Um, In this case, it's the hospitality and love of Jesus, right? Nathaniel goes with Philip, meets Jesus, and instantly feels seen and welcomed. So sometimes it just takes a little bit of time for someone else to see what you see. And what I want you to think about is how you won't let someone else, the phrase that I hear the most often is yuck your yum. How can you hold on to the things that you find good in the world and good in your life and share those things instead of feeling bad that someone else doesn't see what you see right away? So what we're going to do today is, or for the rest of the week, what I want you to think about are things that you are excited to share. And I want you to share something you're excited about with one other person. Maybe it's your grandma or grandpa. Maybe it's your brother or sister or a cousin. Maybe it's the next door neighbor kid. Maybe it's someone on one of your sports teams. Think about something that you can share that you love with someone else. And if you hit that moment where someone's not as interested as you hoped they would be, or it doesn't go as like this amazing moment where they just instantly hop on board, I want you to think about Philip and how you can stay excited about that thing and share it even more, right? So how can you say, "Mm, just, just wait, just come and see. And my hope for you guys is the thing that you're the most excited to share is love, the love of Christ, but that often comes out as hugs and kisses and high fives or socially distant messages written in sidewalk chalk or cards or something that we can share that um, spreads connection and love. So here's, uh, we're going to pray in just a second, but here's to no one ever yucking your yum ever again. So let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Help us to hold on to what gives us joy, even when others aren't as excited. Help us to invite others into our joy and show that we love you always above everything else. Amen. All right, guys, go in peace through the rest of your week, and I hope that you hold on to your joy. A reading from the first book of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. 
The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On the day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here I am, word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the gospel. The gospel today comes from John, the first chapter, starting in the 43rd verse. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida and the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses and the law also and the prophets wrote. Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, 
Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael asked him, Where did you even get to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. can come out of Nazareth? We have all asked this question in one way or another in our lives. What good can come from a Democrat? What good can come from a Republican? What good can come from California? What good can come from whatever school was a rival of, uh, of yours? Sometimes that question can sound even more sinister. It can sound racist or sexist or homophobic. Praise Jesus that Nathaniel was not judged by his prejudice that he held, and neither are we. However, we cannot deny that we have now seen last Wednesday what happens when prejudice is allowed to grow and is fed willingly. Bias and prejudice exist for a function earlier in our human evolution, and that function was safety. When our tribes were small, we had to interact with uh, people who didn't look like us very occasionally, very rarely. Maybe they didn't talk like us, or they had a different skin color, or they spoke a different language, or they practiced different rituals. And we approached those folks with skepticism and fear. I think it was in our best interest to do so because they could possibly be a threat to our small tribe. But as society grows and becomes more and more ubiquitous, that threat level of someone different than us is so much smaller. However, our brains actually don't like to work very hard, and so this is how we end up with people flipping cars at, on the street after an Ohio state loses to Michigan, or young people being indoctrinated into white supremacy through social media, as has been happening in recent years. Bias and prejudice are symptoms of a much larger feeling. The feeling that we get when we may not be enough, or the feeling that we might be harmed, or the feeling that we might lose ourselves or our identities or something that we deeply want. 
And that feeling is fear. Fear essentially is a part of our lives all the time, and if we don't learn to meet it head on, it can and will control us and or allow us to be controlled by others. So my first question to you guys today is, when is a time that you felt you had bias towards someone else? And when is a time that you felt that someone else held bias towards you? God must really understand something about our brains or neuroscience because thousands of years before our very first brain scan, the phrase, do not be afraid, appears in scripture over 60 times throughout the Bible. And yet here we are in the year of our Lord, 2021, absolutely terrified of each other. And you might say, Deacon Bree, wouldn't you say that we're actually angry at each other all the time? And I would say, excellent identification skills. But anger is a secondary emotion that generally means that we're feeling something too difficult or too hard for us to process, and so we default into feeling anger or rage. You might notice this feeling after your child does something really dangerous and your gut reaction is to yell at them. Why? Because you are afraid and it comes out as anger. I've been trying really hard so far to not say fear is bad, although I'm sure somehow that is exactly what will be heard, because I do believe fear has a place in us and in our society. It can protect us. It can make us temporarily sharper. It helps us ignore pain, run faster, all sorts of things that can promote safety if we're actually being threatened. However, the discipline is, and you can ask anyone who lives with anxiety daily, is that we have to train ourselves to understand when a threat is not actually near and when our brain is just telling us that there's a threat. And it's possible to calm ourselves down and move forward. So how do we do that? How do we break past our fear, our anger, our prejudice, our bias, and see each other and allow ourselves to be seen? Well, honestly, I think Philip kind of nails it. Invitation, interest, and relationship. When Nathaniel asks, what good can come out of Nazareth? Philip responds, come and see. Come and be a part of it. Let me show you. Say more about that. There is something more than what you can presume there to be. There always is something more. In every single person that you encounter, there is more. Did you know that we need to be reminded of that regularly, weekly, often? Something about our faith tells us that God loves absolutely everyone. Every person that you meet bears the image of God, and there is no us and them. There is only us and God. But we forget. Like Israelites wandering in the desert, we forget. So we need to be reminded Usually this happens weekly as we gather in our church and love on people who vote differently than us or come from different cultures or are different ages or all three. And we eat and we drink and we get filled up on the spirit so that we have a full gas tank as we go out into the world and live our lives. But the pandemic has put all of this on indefinite pause. 
And let's be real, you aren't all tuning in as regularly as you used to be, and you're not seeing all the people that you used to, and we're just all trying to survive in a constant mid-anxiety of managing the pandemic. There is something actually to be afraid of, a disease. Without our weekly reminders that we are no different than each other, what becomes of us? And that brings me to my second question. When was a time that someone really surprised you? Meaning, you thought someone would be one certain way, and they turned out to be very different once you encountered them. Philip is the one disciple that I really wished had a canonized gospel in our scriptures. Another story you might remember of his is the him and the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip is open and warm, and he meets people exactly where they are at, and he doesn't seem to get riled up too easy, um, regardless of whatever starting point that is. I thought a lot about these two stories um, of Philip because of the stark differences between the two people that Philip is encountering and evangelizes. In one story, we have Philip going to find someone who is a gender non-conforming human who is from an entirely different culture and country and race than Philip. The Ethiopian has experienced nothing but rejection and prejudice against him, and yet they are invited in by Philip. And then here in John, we have Nathaniel, a young Jewish man who I can only assume is so typical of the era that the only thing we really know about him is that he's kind of judgy and classist against Nazareth. And yet, he is invited in by Philip. It's Philip's invitation to come and see that shifts things for Nathaniel. And I want to uplift that because I hope that you can see that while I believe that Jesus is in your lives sending Philips to you, sometimes it is our place to be the Philip that extends invitation to others. I know how hard that is for all of you specifically. It feels overwhelming and scary to invite, to ask, to desire to know more about someone else. But I think that's what we have to do moving forward. It isn't Mitch McConnell or Nancy Pelosi that's keeping us apart. It's fear. It's that bubble up feeling that starts in our bellies and says, I don't know if I can do it. And that keeps us from reaching out for one another. But we have to. We really have to reach for one another. The less we know each other, the easier we are to divide. And while I believe that Jesus, like I said, is sending Phillips into your life, I am begging you to be the one to do the reaching. You will know the right time, and it will feel like a table presented to you before your enemies, and you will want to shrink away. But please don't. Just reach out one little pinky finger in the direction of someone else. I'm not asking you to change your minds about anything. I'm just asking you to open up your hearts to come and see one another. Because just like Nathaniel, you might see the face of God in the one that you think absolutely nothing of. Amen.
People of God, we raise our prayers to our Creator as we respond to God's call to give up our wandering ways and to serve as light in our complex world today. God of compassion, you call us to serve you. Our world struggles in the face of long-term illness. Grant us endurance to continue to protect others as we ourselves, as well as ourselves from this pandemic. Let us show support and appreciation to all the work in the healthcare field as they heal and comfort those who are ill. Help us express, res express respect and appreciation for those working to supply food, mail, and other assistance to us all. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of compassion, you have blessed us with a variety of talents and skills to be used to serve others. Especially help us be constantly grateful for your care and strength, and to be aware of the needs of others so that we may extend your love to them. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of compassion, as we face transition in our government, guide our leaders to make wise decisions. With respect for each other, compassion for those in need, and consideration for our rel relationships and obligations to the rest of the world. Let them look to you for guidance and heed your counsel. Fill them with your hope and assurances that we can all work together to bring about a world where we care for one another and offer praise for your many blessings. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of compassion, as we continue to bask in the glory of the birth of Jesus, help keep us in the feelings of Christmas and joy and love. As we seek to extend that gift to our families, our congregation, community, and the world, Lead us to reach out to others, sharing the gifts that you so generously shared with us. Help us to remember that there are those in this world who are not physically free, who are hungry, homeless, and helpless. Guide us to, the, to use our talents, speaking, writing, acting, and supporting so that those in need feel your love and hope. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of compassion be with Bishop Eaton, members of the ELCA Council and the Conference of Bishops and our own leadership here at Triumphant Love. As Jesus called his disciples, we are called to worship you together in spirit, even though we cannot be together physically. We thank you for the many talented people who make it possible for us to praise and worship you. We are indeed blessed to be able to honor you in a world needing to hear your call. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. 
God of compassion, we raise to you the prayers of our members and friends. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially our prayer team and prayer warriors who continue to lift up the joys and concerns of our congregation and community. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for the life of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Help us, like him, to use our freedom to bring justice among all people and an end to oppression and racist divisions. We pray for those in need of healing, especially for Myron, Brody, Bolton, Verna, Mark, Tom, Cheryl, Rosie, and Bobby, and for those in treatment for cancer, especially Lene and Barbara. We pray for those battling COVID-19 across the country and around the world, for our country and those transitioning to elected leadership across it, especially for our Texas state legislature, which is now in session. And for those who mourn the loss of loved ones, especially for the friends and family of Pastor Joe Garcia. And for these things in our hearts and minds now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In your compassion, you look on us with loving kindness, forgiving our sin, offering us new life, and hearing our prayers. We thank you. Amen. And the peace of Christ be with you always. Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those in your home and with those you meet throughout your week. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab. Or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions. Let us pray. 
Oh God, receive these gifts as you receive us. Like a mother receives her child with arms open wide. Nourish us anew in your tender care and empower us in faithful service to tend to others with this same love. Through Jesus Christ, our saving grace. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And receive the blessing. God, the creator, strengthen you. Jesus, the beloved, fill you. And the Holy Spirit, the comforter, keep you in peace. Amen. We sing. And a reminder to join us on the 31st for our annual meeting and come to uh, join us as well for the preceding workshops on the 17th and 24th. You should have received a special email regarding this. And if you need any technical assistance, please contact us in the church office. And now, go in peace. Be the light of Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. 
You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.